Hello and welcome. I am Kim Keen, host of the One of a Kind You podcast. I started this podcast to share my journey of my past self, a woman that was struggling with leaving her teaching career and adjusting to stay-at-home mom life, to help other women with their motherhood journeys or their career motherhood balance journeys so they can let go, make themselves a priority without all the sacrificing. So if you are new to One of a Kind You, Again, welcome. I'm so excited that you've stumbled upon my podcast and you are interested in taking a listen. Uh, this podcast is a place where I share a journal epi- a journal entry from about five years ago uh, when I was in a really dark place and really struggling with being a stay-at-home mom and navigating life as a stay-at-home mom, but as a partner to my husband and just as a woman in general. And so I share the journal entry and then I give my past self advice based on what I know now as a certified life coach and hope that you find some value in the information and the advice that I share and that you can take it with you throughout your day or share it with a friend who is also struggling. So without further ado, I am going to dive right in. But before I do that, I first want to thank Feedspot for selecting me to be on their list of top 25 stay-at-home mom podcasts. When I got the email from Feedspot, it was such a surprise. I never thought in a million years that my little podcast would be on a top 25 list, especially so soon because it's still fairly new. Um, And so I just want to say that I am so grateful and so appreciative for the opportunity to be um, a podcast featured on their list. And if you want to take a look at the other stay-at-home mom podcasts that are featured there, I am putting the link in the show notes. So be sure to check it out. Um, And now, in all seriousness, I will get back to the journal entry. So this journal entry is from December 15th, 2015, and it starts like this. I am still working hard to keep my head in the game and remain positive. It is challenging, but I'm trying to be grateful for what I have rather than being discouraged. I have a great husband that really loves me. Sometimes I'm not sure why. I have two beautiful, healthy, smart daughters. I have a beautiful house with an amazing property. Joel says if a dream hasn't come to pass or a door has closed in one aspect of your life, something amazing will come in its place. I have to believe this. It isn't that being home with Casey isn't amazing or being available for the girls isn't what I want. This life can be isolating and lonely. I'm trying to live by the adage, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade. I have to figure out how to feel fulfilled while I'm home. I'm not excited to do the Will Mew thing anymore, so I need to make it exciting for myself. I am not sure how I'm going to do this, but I will. I no longer want to go through the motions of life. I've missed out on so much as it is because of my upbringing. I don't want this to continue. Plus, I need to be a good role model for the girls so they can grow up to be strong, healthy women. So, um, even though this entry is somewhat short, there's a lot here. And so, the first thing that caught my eye when I read this um, was that I remarked that I wasn't sure why Pete loved me. Um, This goes back beyond um, just my marriage. This goes back to my childhood. I didn't grow up in a household with unconditional love. The love that I received um, from one parent was very conditional. As long as I was doing what was expected of me and following the orders and marching in line and crossing the T's and dotting the I's in the way that I was expected to, life was good. Uh, when I wasn't, life was bad. And most of the time, and I say bad, I wasn't abused. I wasn't hit. 
um, I was grounded a lot and but I wasn't my upbringing wasn't um, physically abusive I would say there was probably some emotional abuse there but unintentionally um, I don't think the parent knew that what they were saying was that type of abuse um, but as long as I was doing what I was supposed to be doing uh, like I used the word good life was good that meant I wasn't grounded I wasn't getting in trouble I wasn't being reprimanded I wasn't being hounded and harped on and I wasn't under the thumb so to speak um, and it really left me feeling unworthy of love and support when I wasn't meeting expectations. So in my mind, being miserable and a drama queen and unfulfilled and just struggling in general, that meant that I wasn't meeting the expectations because I had put expectations on myself, assuming that they were the expectations of Pete. And also I was getting expectations from family about getting back to work and wasting my two college degrees and my master's degree. Um, I have a bachelor's in elementary education, a bachelor's in geography, and then a master's degree in educational technologies. And so, um, of course, I went to an out-of-state college and paid out-of-state tuition. And so I was constantly reminded of how much I had spent on student loans, and I was wasting that money, and I was wasting my degrees, and I needed to get myself back into a job because it wasn't fair to my husband that he was working all day, every day, and I was home with the kids. I was basically seen as being a waste or being um, a lump on the log. And so those expectations, along with the expectations that I had contrived in my head, based on what I thought my husband expected of me, left me feeling like I wasn't enough. And so I couldn't grasp why Pete would still love me and want to be with me, um, because I was expecting him to have conditional love for me as well. And then it was also perpetuated by the abusive relationship that I had um, that lasted five and a half years from my sophomore year of high school until I turned 21. And in that relationship, that person constantly told me that I wasn't beautiful enough, I wasn't pretty enough, that my body was disgusting, that no one would ever want me, I would die alone. And so when things were bad, uh, those thoughts came back up into my mind very easily because I heard them for five and a half years. And when you hear someone tell you that for so long and you get similar messages growing up as a young girl, you really think that that's the truth and so I just couldn't fathom why Pete would still want to be with me when I was just I called like you know the quote-unquote hot mess express and so um, I just felt like at any minute I would be left alone or be left for someone else that quote-unquote had it together more than I did was more successful than I was was more beautiful than I was just anything that I didn't perceive myself to be I just was waiting for it to happen. I just thought today's the day that Pete's going to come home from work and say that I don't want to be with you anymore and I found someone else. I also grew up in a household where there was infidelity and uh, on the part of one parent and that caused the marriage between my parents and when I was very young. So I had all of these outdated ideas and beliefs swirling in my head and it was impacting me in terms of just being able to recognize and see that, you know what, even though I was struggling, my husband still loved me uh, unconditionally, no matter what, and that he would be there for me through thick and thin. Um, and I'm remarking here that um, I was struggling um, to be home with Casey. And it wasn't that I didn't love being home with her because I did. Um, it wasn't that I didn't love being available for the girls because I really did. And why I wrote the adage, when life gives you lemons, make lemonade, I think that was stemming back from still grieving the loss of my teaching career and not really knowing what the future held for me. But looking back on it, my gosh, I life was not giving me lemons in reality. In my mind it was, but not in reality. And um, 
so I thought that I had I was life was you know dishing me out the worst hand ever but it really wasn't it was the story that I was telling myself and so um I actually loved being home with Casey I loved having the opportunity to be home with her and to watch her play and use her imagination and um you know to be silly with her and all of those things and I was just talking with Lily my older daughter yesterday because uh, the do- we have two dogs and they're not allowed on the couch or the beds and so Lily said you know if daddy would let the dogs on the bed would Franklin sleep with you and I was like of course he would and I said the funny part is that you know Franklin knows when my husband's not home because when Casey was little we would play blanket fort on the bed and Franklin would get onto our bed knowing he wasn't allowed and he would actually refuse to get down he does not do that when my husband is around so it's funny that even the dogs know the difference between like mom's rules and dad's rules but anyhow I digress so I just I actually really loved being home with Casey and I really actually loved being available for them um, which is one of the reasons that I've created my own business and I had a direct sales business at one point it was so that I had that flexibility and I could create my own hours and not have to worry about asking time off for work if one of my kids were sick that was one of the biggest struggles I had when I was an elementary school teacher was not being available for my girls because they didn't have the time or they couldn't get a sub and my husband couldn't leave work because uh, his job is pretty demanding so I would have to call on my mom who was retired for her to go get the girls from school and keep them home until my husband and I could get get done work and that was just devastating for me as a mom not being able to take care of my kid when I needed to take care of my kid and so the other thing is that I didn't have um, a parent that my parents weren't able to be home with me or they didn't have the flexibility so my mom and my stepdad were in the military for over 30 some years my dad owns his own business and also worked for a company for over 30 years and my stepmom works in the healthcare industry as a nurse at that time but now a case manager and so none of my parents had the flexibility to come on school field trips to come to class parties um, you know, I was in a with a babysitter before and after school or in daycare before and after school and then it got to the point where I was a latchkey kid and I was letting myself in after school with a house key and then, you know, getting myself on the bus in the morning. So I didn't want that experience for my girls. If I had the opportunity to be home and available for them, that was what I wanted. And so it even though I remarked that it, it was isolating and lonely it really truly was at that time I can remember some days the minutes just ticked by so slow almost like to the point where I was like oh my god is the clock broken because it's been 11:59 a.m. for three hours but that's because I allowed that time to be isolating and lonely I didn't put out myself out there I didn't go to local moms groups I didn't reach out to friends during the day 99% of my friends they worked during the day but there were other moms at school with my kids um, who were stay-at-home moms like me I made no effort to be friends with them I made no effort to ask them out for a coffee I made no effort to invite them over with their younger kiddo while the older kiddo was at school I didn't do any of that so I created the loneliness and the isolation for myself um, because if I had asked someone to come over and they said no or they weren't interested in going to get coffee that was a form of rejection and I just really wasn't willing to be vulnerable on that level with other people because I couldn't be that vulnerable with myself and I couldn't be that vulnerable with my husband and so I didn't really leave the house with Casey 
um, Casey and I could have gone to the zoo for the day because we have a two small zoos close to us. I could have taken her to the zoo for the day. We could have gone to ice cream. We could have asked my husband to lunch. I mean, there were so many things. I could have gone to the local library and just sat in the library and read books to her. There were so many things that I could have done, but I was so stuck in the story of being lonely and isolated that I couldn't see past that story to see that there were so many things that were available to us um, and would have made the time much better. And we have lots of, lots of local orchards nearby that I could have also taken her to. So there was so much that I could have done and I just didn't allow myself to see those possibilities. It allowed me to stay in the victim role and it allowed me to continue feeling miserable and um, lonely and isolated and defeated. And the other piece of the puzzle is that once I picked Lily up from school, Lily, Casey, and I, we were running here, there, and everywhere for after-school activities. At this point, um, Casey did swim during the day. She did gymnastics during the day. And then uh, we also, Lily did swim in the afternoon. We did horseback riding. And then Lily did gymnastics at night. And I had just started the Girl Scout troop for Lily with a, a mom friend at school. So we also had Girl Scouts every week that Casey had to come to. And so it, that in itself was way too much. And so now I limit my girls. You can have two activities and that is it. Um, but basically, I let stay-at-home mom life consume me. I didn't take time for me. Plus, I spent so much time reflecting on the past, partly because I was still grieving the fact that I left my teaching career, mind you, this is a year and a half later and I was still grieving over it because being a teacher was such a huge part of my identity. But also, um, while I was in counseling, the counselor was dredging up the past, my childhood traumas of childhood emotional neglect, anxiety stemming from childhood emotional neglect and, and the current stage of life I was in, um, the dredging up the codependency that I was engaging in and and also dredging up all of the memories of the abusive relationship that I was in and all the time that we were dredging these things up it was never used for growth we would just swirl around and around and around in the conversation reliving the moment well tell me about the time when how did it make you feel when and so there was no growth in that and so now as the life coach I tell my clients all the time, we will just acknowledge that it happened, but we're not going to go deep into it because we don't need to relive it. It was crappy enough the first time. We don't need to go through it again. We just use the experience to recognize any patterns that were being run or any meanings that were attached from that experience so that we can work to break those patterns and create new meanings. And that was not happening with the counselor. And so that Pandora's box of pain and memories was opened and it was so hard to close it because once that box was opened oh my goodness all of that stuff from the past came flying out and I couldn't put it back in the box and close the lid so I essentially was reliving all of like a lifetime of sadness and pain and trauma and abuse and it was horrible I also spent so much time obsessing about the future. What would my career look like? What would I do if I wasn't an elementary school teacher? When would I go back to work? Would I go back to work when both girls were in school full time? But then we have the dogs and how, you know, did I want the dogs created all day while I was at work? And, you know, it was just a constant uh, prophesizing of the future rather than focusing on in the moment. And then on top of navigating the stay-at-home mom life issue, I was teaching part-time at 
a local university, which I mentioned that I wasn't loving it anymore and hadn't. And honestly, I hadn't really been loving it for a long time. I continued to hold on though, because it was my last connection to the field of education. It was my last connection to considering myself a teacher. Now I recognize that I'm a teacher, just not in the way that I used to be. So I have the um, I'm blessed to teach on this podcast. I'm blessed to teach at Girl Talk, my after-school program. I am blessed to teach my Girl Scout girls. I am blessed to teach my girls what I know from life coaching. Um, so, that you know, and they ask me, especially Lily, my older, we joke and say that she's a junior life coach in training. But I am teaching in so many ways that I never would have been able to teach if I continued staying in an elementary school classroom or as a an, an college adjunct. And so, um, and honestly, this felt lonely and isolating as well because I was teaching virtually. I never actually had any face-to-face contact with my students and everything was communicated via email or through announcements in the course. And so I was just constantly, it was just reading papers and reading discussion board posts and grading. And I just couldn't take it anymore, but I continued to hold on because I was too afraid to let go because if I let go, then what? Then I really have nothing as a teacher. And so I was also on the board of directors um, for the um, area of the university where I taught. So I taught in graduate level classes. I taught in the um, College of Education. And so... When I was at these meetings, I also felt like an imposter because I was no longer in the classroom and all of the other people were. They were adjuncts, but they were still either in an elementary school classroom, a middle school classroom, or a high school classroom. And so I just felt like I had nothing to contribute. And it goes back to the low self-esteem that I was facing, the uh, inability to recognize what I truly had to offer. And even though I wasn't in the classroom, I still had so much to offer because I had the perspective of the parent having kids come home from school and navigating homework and the educational resources that they were given. So I actually had a lot to offer, uh, but I just didn't see that. So it was so awkward and uncomfortable for me to be at these director meetings because I also felt like people were looking at me like, oh, she couldn't hack it and she left and now she's here trying to tell us how we should do what we should do in the classroom, which was so not true. I just didn't in the moment know how to make lemons into lemonade. I actually was speaking with a woman yesterday that I met through a women's networking group and we were talking about a small challenge that we were both facing. It was similar but different and we didn't realize that this until almost the very end of the conversation and she had this idea that the next time we were experiencing it, we would go into the situation looking for, she called a gem which in terms of like being a takeaway or how we could be the light for someone else in the situation or just an overall changing of our perspective of the situation based on the interactions that we had with others or based on how we were feeling within ourselves. And I absolutely love that because if I had been able to find the gem in teaching for the local university, I could have learned something from the other teachers that were taking my courses and I could have used it to enhance the courses that I was teaching. I could have used it to enhance the time that I was doing homeschooling with Casey or helping Lily with homework. There were just so many opportunities where I could have learned from others, but I just wasn't in the headspace to do that. And so that was would have been huge gems. If I had just sought out one gem from each time I interacted with the students in my course, or even the same thing with my girls, looking for one gem 
as I was home with Casey for the day in terms of something that Casey taught me. Maybe it was about being present in the moment. Maybe it was about taking time to be silly. Maybe it was just time to to do whatever it is that you want to do because kids are so innocent that they don't really think things through the way adults do and they're much more impulsive and they're much more go with the flow and they're just truly living in the, mo the moment and that was the beauty of being home with Casey and seeing that. Also the dogs, same thing. When they're tired, they rest. When they're energized, they play. When they're hungry, they eat. When they're thirsty, they drink. And so uh, dogs are also great for giving us little gems and I try to look for the gems that the dogs give me each and every day. Um, but I could have done this as a stay-at-home mom too, being finding more gems, you know, the huge gem of being flexible and being available for my children and uh, the gem of watching them grow and experiment and learn skills at gymnastics and horseback riding and just watching them grow. And there are so many gems. And so if I had been able to look for the gems uh, in my day-to-day -day life rather than looking for the making lemons and lemonade, um, or focusing on the fact that life was giving me lemons, it probably would have been a huge game changer. And so the thing that I want to end on is uh, recognizing that I wanted to be a good role model for my girls. Oh my goodness, the pressure I put on myself for this role. Woo! It was a doozy. I thought that being a role model meant that I never could have a bad day. I could never lose my patience. I could never be frustrated. I could never be upset. I could never be angry. I could never be anything other than happy and smiling. Um, and instead of showing my girls how to navigate these times with grace and compassion and imperfection, I was actually telling them that life had to be perfect all the time, that they could never feel upset. They could never feel anything other than life is good. Everything is working out. And by not allowing them to see me in these moments, authentically and genuinely working through them and trying to stifle myself, I gave them the idea that women and moms always have to have it together to an extreme. And I want my girls to know that there will be ups and downs in life, whether, you know, I don't want them to go through the adult roller coaster ups and downs of life. I would rather them ride the kiddie coaster of ups and downs of life. But I want them to know that the ups and downs are a normal part of life. And if they're not really having the ups and downs, even small ups and downs, then they're really just going through the motions and they're not being fully present and they're, they're limiting themselves. And so now when I have a bad day or I'm feeling frustrated or I'm not feeling patient, I communicate that to them. Girls, I'm feeling a little frustrated right now because you see that I'm trying to do something, but you're asking me for help when your dad is available and you're not asking him. Or girls, I'm feeling really frustrated right now because this isn't working and I just need a few minutes to figure this out. As soon as I get this figured out, I can be, I can help you with whatever it is that you need. And so I'm showing them how to recognize the feeling or the emotion or the situation that I'm experiencing. And then they're watching me go through it. And then I'm showing them it's okay to communicate that to someone else. It's okay to communicate that you need a minute. It's okay to communicate that you need help. And so that's really what I want them to take away is that, you know what, when the shit hits the fan, it's okay. I'll get through this and I don't have to do it alone. I can seek the guidance and support from others. But that's also what I want the girls in my after school program to know and the girls on my Girl Scout troop to know is that life isn't perfect. Life is just one big ball of imperfection and that's the beauty of life. And we need to embrace that big ball of imperfection because that's really where the, the gems are. That's really where the nuggets of life are, where you learn so much. And I don't want any of them to miss out on that. And I don't want to miss out on that for myself because looking back, it was all the imperfection and the struggle 
that really taught me more than anything else. If life had been, uh, you know, smooth sailing, I wouldn't be where I am today and I wouldn't have the gifts and the knowledge and the support and the perspective that I have. And so I want them to have that richness to themselves and to their lives. And so that is where I'll leave this episode today is just remembering that you don't have to put so much pressure on yourself to have everything figured out. You don't have to put so much pressure on yourself to be the perfect role model for your daughters or your sons or your nieces or your nephews or whoever is in your life. Just show them the real you and that's going to be the exact role model that they need, but also to allow yourself to let others in. You don't have to take the struggle of life on alone. And I hope that you found this episode helpful today. I hope that you will check out the Feedspot list of other stay-at-home mom podcasts. And maybe there's some gems there for you. Um, And again, just thank you so much for tuning in today. If you found this podcast episode amazingly helpful and you loved it, please feel free to share it with a friend. Leave a review on iTunes, Apple Podcasts. And I will see you next week. Thanks again so much for tuning in.